0: everyone. Thank you for joining another casework stream. Today, we are joined by Matthew Bergman. Matthew is the founder of the Social Media Victims Law Center, the the leading national firm on social media litigation. Matthew works to hold social media companies legally accountable for the harm they inflict on vulnerable users. The Social Media Victims Law Center seeks to apply principles of product liability to force social media companies to elevate consumer safety and design safer platforms that protect users from foreseeable harm. Matthew, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Well, thanks for, thanks for uh, asking yeah. me.
0: Happy to be here. Yeah, Awesome. Well, for those that don't know you, please share with our listeners some of your background and what made you decide to start tackling some of these complex societal issues tied to social media.
1: Well, I've been a product liability lawyer for 25 years uh, and uh, primarily my fa- my practice has been representing uh, the victims of asbestos disease. Uh, but I wanted to transition my practice and focus on not simply compensating uh, plaintiffs but, and victims, but, but trying to see that, do something so that people didn't become victims in the first place. And about that time, Frances Haugen came out with her incredible revelations about what the social media companies knew. Uh, And the Surgeon General came out with his report on the mental health crisis that American teens are experiencing. And to me, this was just kind of a modern incarnation of uh, the asbestos litigation. Uh, This Mm -hmm. was the Sumner-Simpson papers all over again. Uh, This was Dr. Selikoff all over again. Uh, And yet the the harms were so much greater. Um, We were talking about children who were just being ravaged Mm -hmm. Uh, by these products. And companies that uh, are so knowledgeable about what their products are doing to our kids and continue to profit from them uh, that they make the asbestos companies look like choir boys. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I decided to uh, form the Social Media Victims Law Center uh, for the purpose of representing parents whose children are injured or in some cases killed uh, through social media addiction and abuse. Uh, And over that time, uh, we've taken the lead in filing Uh, Now we have 30 cases filed across the country. Uh, We have hundreds of clients and parents uh, who we're working with to try to hold these companies accountable. Uh, This is new litigation. There's no, uh, this is not a uh, sure thing. uh, And this is not a cakewalk, but we're committed uh, to moving forward to hold these companies accountable to protect our kids.
0: Yeah. Well, for those um, who've maybe not been following you on the news or haven't read all the stories, Will you share what this litigation is about and some of the specific cases that have been making the press? Um, I, I read a little bit about Selena Rodriguez. Maybe that's a yeah. case you could share, or, or maybe another one that comes to mind.
1: Yeah, well, the, the first case that we filed uh, involved uh, Selena Rodriguez, uh, a child that took her life at the age of 11 uh, after becoming so addicted to social media that she'd become physically violent when her phones were taken away. Or the wi-fi was was cut off mm-hmm. and so this this 11 year old child uh, was being subjected to sexual abuse online uh, being encouraged and paid uh, to expose herself in horrible ways uh, being kept up at all hours of the day or night and ultimately she took her life uh, and she did so on snapchat uh, posting it for everyone to see and horrifically this is a phenomenon that we're seeing in many cases of children taking their lives on social media or holding their phones when they breathe their last breath. And uh, this is a direct consequence of the design decisions that these companies have made. They have designed these products to maximize user engagement over all other things. They use operant conditioning and artificial intelligence to make their products addictive. They know that content that is psychologically discordant is more likely to be uh, 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 engaged with with children, mm-hmm. so they deliberately design uh, algorithms that make their products progressively more damaging to children. So a 13-year-old girl that's interested in exercise is, in short order, led through these algorithms uh, to job sites that it, I'm sorry, to to sites uh, mm-hmm. that encourage uh, anorexic behavior. Anorexic porn, for lack of of a better word. And these children in many cases uh, develop severe eating disorders and in some cases lose their lives. Uh, These algorithms will be uh, uh, pernicious in other ways. An African-American young man who's interested in music is profiled and given uh, sites and directed to sites to promote gun violence and gang violence. Uh, this This is not an accident and it's not a coincidence. We've also filed cases involving uh, three children who died of the TikTok blackout challenge. And that's a a challenge that goes on TikTok uh, and encourages children to choke themselves uh, and then release themselves. And in many cases, Mm -hmm. children are unable to release themselves and die. And again, there's nothing accidental and there's nothing coincidental about it. This is woven in the web and the woof of these products design. And yet, unless they're held accountable, Uh, They're going to keep doing it because their profits dictate uh, that they that they put uh, their engagement over safety. And uh, we're here to put an end to that.
0: Yeah. You know, you mentioned suicide and the social media addiction um, and you shared a little a couple of other cases. But what other negative psychological implications are you seeing in these cases?
1: Uh, We're seeing a number of kids, uh, predominantly girls, but not only girls. Mm -hmm. Uh, who are uh, led toward uh, anorexic content. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a case of a 12-year-old girl uh, who got on TikTok and was interested in exercise and was shortly being uh, subjected to uh, 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 sites uh, that encouraged her to starve herself. She spent three days, three weeks in the hospital. Uh, We have other children uh, who are continuing uh, to struggle uh, with, uh, with eating disorders. Uh, we've also have a pervasive uh, environment uh, where children, predominantly girls but not only girls, are direct messaged online by adult predators uh, to be sent uh, obscene uh, pictures of male genitalia and encouraged to expose themselves. and And this is the this is the rule rather than and the, in the inception. We have over a 1,000 clients, 70% of which involve cases involving young girls. And in 85% of those cases, these girls are unsolicited and subjected to uh, sexual misconduct. And in in some cases, even progress uh, toward exposing themselves, and in some cases, engaging in sexual trafficking themselves. And again, this is all off-the-shelf technology. It can be prevented. They just don't do it. Because right, because it would cost them money.
0: So, is uh, it, it your belief yeah, in- a
1: lot of cases involving attempted suicide,
0: mm-hmm. uh, severe
1: depression, uh, and anxiety as well?
0: Hmm. I feel like I know the answer to this, but is it your belief that the social media or the specific platforms are their defective products um, and or malicious in design?
1: Uh, well, both. I mean, and, and this is so much worse than the asbestos companies. You know, asbestos was a chronic problem, and, and, and the companies knew that over a period of time, individuals who were exposed significantly uh, would develop disease. In this case, kids are being exposed right now, and their own documents confirm that. Meta's documents confirm that a third of the girls. That are on instagram have negative body image can they, they they know that seven percent of the unwanted direct messages toward children uh is sexual content they know this and they don't change it uh and they don't change it because it would somewhat decrease their profitability and currently in the absence of product liability uh, they will have no incentive uh to change their behavior so we're trying you know and and one of the meta documents Uh, says, and I quote, tweens are herd animals. And I would submit that a company that refers to our children as animals is not necessarily a company that's going to respond to moral persuasion or or social responsibility. What they're going to respond to is their bottom line. When they actually have to pay the costs of what their defective products are doing to their kids, they'll change their behavior. Not before and not until. And that's what we're here to do.
0: Will you talk to us a little bit about Section 230 and how you're planning to combat?
1: Well, without going into any details of our our legal strategy, Mm -hmm. uh, Section 230 was a a statute that was enacted in the 90s, um, ironically, to protect kids uh, from uh, online abuse. Uh, And uh, it provided for certain types of immunity uh, for third-party content hosted on social media. And, and, and well, social media didn't exist, then hosted on, on basically it was online bulletin boards and it was enacted at a time when Netscape uh, was the mm-hmm. largest uh, online provider. Uh, Google didn't exist. Facebook didn't exist. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg was in junior high school uh, and it's been broadly interpreted uh, to provide uh, extreme protections uh, to social media companies uh, for all sorts of terrible things that are, are, are uh, befall uh, their users. Uh, and uh, I think there's a widespread consensus uh, in the halls of Congress uh, and more and more among jurists uh, that, uh, that Section 230 has been interpreted far beyond its original legislative intent. Uh, and, uh, and, and I believe uh, actually was used, has been used to facilitate uh, these horrific design decisions uh, that these companies make. Look, everybody... Uh, every man woman and child in the united states has a duty of reasonable care everybody has a duty to be careful and right. everybody has a duty to use reasonable care to avoid foreseeable harms except the social media companies they know their products are hurting people snapchat knows that its disappearing messages is, is being used sure. as a conduit for drug dealers and pedophiles they know this and they but they 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 have no incentive to change it because they feel that they're immune uh, we don't believe this is what Congress intended, and uh, we're seeing growing consensus uh, throughout uh, all realms of uh, of society and and uh, and the academy uh, and and jurists uh, that uh, a more realistic interpretation of the statute has to prevail, uh, more in ke- keeping with its original statutory intent.
0: I'm sure the social media platforms blame or point the finger um, to the parents. Um, what can parents do to protect their children with the limitations that are put in place that prevent parental control and access? And how are you helping well, parents? Well, we do this, and, and we're
1: all in favor of parental responsibility. Sure. Uh, we're, we're, we're all into that. Uh, the problem is that these products are deliberately designed to evade and thwart parents' exercise of responsibility and oversight over their kids. Uh, Instagram uh, encourages kids to open multiple accounts. They call it, in their right. own words, a value add. Uh, and, uh, and the age verification uh, that children uh, have to do uh, doesn't, uh, uh, you know, they, they can say whatever they age they want. You know, if I'd have been able to go into a, a convenience store when I was in high school and said, I'm yeah, 21, sure. i want here, uh, yeah. guess, I think my high school career would have been a little differently. Uh, yeah. Yet that's what these companies uh, are allowing kids to do. The other thing they're not doing is verifying age and identity. Uh, you know, what's interesting uh, is that uh, apps like Tinder and Grindr, uh, hookup apps, they actually have technology embedded in them to get to confirm the identity of the people that are engaging with each other. And I'd submit that if 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 technology that's set up for people to hook up uh, can provide these protections, <laughs> nice. why aren't they pre- same protections are uh, being provided sure. for our children. Uh, but yeah. uh, the other thing is that they make it impossible uh, for parents who know that their children are having trouble online to do anything about it if their parents don't know the the uh, password and, and the username. Well, you know, show me a 14-year-old kid that gives their parents their username and password. Right. I'll show you a kid that flunks Teenager 101. Uh, There's so many <laughs> yeah. things that these companies can easily do uh, to encourage and empower parents, and instead they're making it very difficult for parents to do. But I guess you know, in terms of examples for parents, uh, a couple things come to mind. Uh, first, uh, parents should lead by example. Uh, parents that are always online uh, aren't engaging with their, their their spouses or their or their or their families uh, are setting a bad example for their kids. I think families need to have uh, uh, phone free time, you know, during mealtimes and socializing just so that there's an engagement. I think parents need to be very, uh, and I hate to use this word, but invasive in in monitoring their kids' social media use. Uh, You know, this is not a place where parents can uh, kind of have a hands off approach. If parents only knew that their 10 and 12 year olds are getting, and I hate to use the word, but dick pics from Uh adults in the world. And this is pervasive. They'd say enough is enough. So I think that uh, parents need to do everything they can uh, to educate their kids, to foster open relationships with their kids uh, so that they can talk freely about embarrassing things and that they can really understand uh, how uh, pernicious and deadly uh, these products are uh, to impressionable young kids.
0: Yeah. Now, what is the no parental consent campaign you and your team are facilitating?
1: Uh, We have a program online and our our website is socialmediavictims.org where parents can uh, notify social media companies uh, that they don't consent uh, to their kids using their products. You know, some of the products like Snapchat actually says you require parental consent to use. That's in their user agreement but there's no effort made to ensure that the parents yeah. actually consent. And so this is an opportunity for parents to uh, contact these, uh, we, we can we, we direct uh, a email uh, to the leadership of the company saying, we don't consent to our kids' use, take them off. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I think, something that every parent should do because uh, there's very little good that can go from un, unregulated uh, social sure. media use uh, of kids.
0: Right. What what's your thought about these cases um, being consolidated into an M.D.L.
1: Well, it's currently pending uh, before the M.D.L. panel. Uh, we're going to find out uh, on the on the 20. Well, there's going to be a hearing on the 29th. Mm, uh, okay. and the panel typically rules fairly quickly thereafter. Uh, we think there are a lot of good reasons for consolidation, uh, but we also think there's some reasons to be concerned otherwise. Uh, and uh, you know, we're comfortable. Uh, you know, we're we're supportive of consolidation. Uh, but we understand that uh, the panel might not feel that that's uh, opportune at this time, uh, and so we are we are committed though uh, to going forward with these cases, either in a consolidated form or not. Uh, this has to move forward. Uh, something needs to be done. Uh, these companies have to be held accountable, or else we're going to continue to see uh, this carnage that we're seeing. I mean, there's been a 146 percent increase in suicide among 12 to 16 year olds, since social media has come to the fore. Uh, This is code red. Uh, Something needs to be done in, you know, not just in in law, but in law, in in the halls of Congress, and in in the minds and hearts of parents. Mm -hmm. And we're committed, regardless of whether or not the cases are consolidated, uh, to moving forward with alacrity, uh, to try to uh, hold these companies accountable uh, and do something to save our kids. You know, I've been a plaintiff's lawyer for 25 years, and I've been blessed to represent clients who are uh, worthy and thoughtful and careful and meritorious people who have been harmed and deserve compensation. Uh, But I've never had clients less concerned about money and more concerned about social good uh, than the people I'm privileged to represent. Just yesterday, I spoke with three parents who lost their children to social, to social media addiction and abuse. And every one of those parents when asked, why are you going forward with this case? They say to save other kids from what's happening. And they say that if we can save one family, it's been worth it. And look, you know, the, the, the Talmud says, if you save one life, it's like you saved the world. Yeah. And we're convinced that if through our efforts, we save even one child, uh, it's been worth it. And that's why we're doing this. And it's the most uh, rewarding, challenging, uh, and heart-rendering uh, work I've ever done in 30 years of law practice. Uh, but I can't imagine myself doing anything about this.
0: Yeah, I, c- I can only imagine the heaviness um, of those conversations day in, day out that you're having. But like you said, um, what, I mean, it's life-altering and to be able to help and prevent another family, another child is is just amazing. Think of you know if we're thinking about the attorneys listening um, to this webinar. I mean, what what do you say to any attorneys that may be considering litigating these cases, and and how do they um, contact you?
1: Well, we're uh, socialmediavictims.org is our website, um, and we provide a uh, not just uh, not just litigation information, but a depth of uh, of information for parents or for practitioners on what the state of the art is uh, regarding social media and teen harms. Uh, some of the things to watch out for, uh, and the like. Uh, but this is this is new litigation. Um, this is very much like uh, what asbestos litigation was like in 1966 when Ward Stevenson uh, filed the Tompsett case in Orange County, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first, you know, and so we're very much at the forefront. Uh, I think it's important that uh, our lawyers work together, uh, that they share ideas, uh, and that they're very thoughtful about. Uh, how these cases uh, are brought and how they're prosecuted. And in and, 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 and what type of cases a merit prosecution and what don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if the standard for a case is, uh, did, a, did somebody have an adverse emotional impact from social media? we'd be talking about every American 30 years or younger. So sure. I think it's important to identify uh, uh, harms that are cognizable uh, legally in the context of social media addiction and abuse, uh, and to think very carefully about the cases that get filed uh, and move very judiciously and making sure and doing a lot of due diligence on each case uh, and making sure that it's it's the right case uh, to go forward at this time. Uh, We're at the forefront of something significant. Uh, We're confident that that ultimately uh, the legal system will adapt uh, to uh, provide uh, an avenue uh, for these kinds of claims. Uh, but the only certainty at this juncture is it's going to be a long, hard fight. You know, to to paraphrase Thomas Hobbes, uh, this is going to be nasty, brutish and long. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think it's something that uh, someone wants to go into lightly. I think it's important to have colleagues, uh, co-counsel uh, and supporters uh, to work through these difficult issues uh, and bring these cases, uh, hopefully, to a successful conclusion.
0: Yeah. Well, well, Matthew, this has been very insightful, informative. Um, I really appreciate you taking time to to talk about this topic and about what you're doing and what your team is doing and the the families that you're helping. So thank you so much for taking time today to, to connect with me and to share the insights on this litigation with all of our listeners.
1: Well, thank you very much. And thank you for taking this time. This is a very important issue. And yeah, uh, we're happy.
0: Yeah, absolutely.